Untitled Beatles podcast. TJ, what's your favorite, what's your number one food? I'm on a call. <laughs> That's improv. <laughs> Straight denial. I love it. And scene. And scene. My favorite food, my legitimate favorite food, is like a really excessive and well-made cheeseburger. It can be from like a dive or like a gourmet, like a steakhouse. Give me a great burger and I'm the happiest guy in the world. What about you? Well, what are you setting me up for? <laughs> Towards. Well, this is an intervention. I'm here to shame you about your meat okay. eating. <laughs> yeah, I'm a meater. The planet loves it. Everybody loves it. The animals love it. It's Meat Free Monday. No, cheeseburger's great. That's great. But what is the number one food? Like, if you had to rank all the foods in the world, what's the number one food? I say poached lobster, number one. Okay. I don't particularly care for it, but it's number one. Okay. Have you ever poached a lobster? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't. Do, I'm a vegetarian. No, I'm not. I had a cheeseburger for lunch. It was very good, too. Parsons Chicken here in uh, Chicago makes a good burger. Yeah, he produced a great Pink Floyd record, too, and then was briefly <laughs> the eye in the sky for CBS 2. Time for a check now in the evening commute. Alan Parsons. This is Chris Habermel. He's live in Chopper 2 with an eye on our Friday traffic. Looks like slow going there. You're right about that, Robin Diane. It is very slow. We're looking at 8094 westbound traffic coming at us. <laughs> Alan Parsons is doing the traffic on WBBM? Wow, another... A tangential Beatle exclusive. <laughs> Untitled Beatles podcast exclusive. exclusive. Eat it. Welcome to the Untitled Beatles podcast. Of course, my name is Tony Mendoza. And I'm Channel 5's aviation <laughs> expert, Jim Tillman. <laughs> no, no, you're not. That's TJ no, Shanoff over I'm there. TJ, for all you <laughs> Channel 5 fans, I don't want to lie. I do love me some Allison Rosati. I do too. Yeah, Italian-American. Yeah. yeah. Great pizza. <laughs> Rosati's makes a good pie. They do, man. They do. Enjoy Rosati's Italian-inspired food right here in our dining room. Yeah, we've we've already got two plugs in. Oh, but our official sponsor, of course, is Kenny Rogers Roasters. If you're in the uh, Malaysia area, stop in at Kenny Rogers Roasters. Delicious chicken all year round. <laughs> At Candy Rogers Roasters, smiles will stay and share your fun together. Less fat, less salt, less calories. At Candy Rogers Roasters, we want you to be healthy. I love that Malaysia's a neighborhood, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's where they are now. You have to go like out to the the the, the far east, or uh, you know, to eat at Kenny Rogers now. Well, here's a way to get back. George Harrison was a far east man. Just ask Ron Wood. <laughs> Song that I wrote with George Harrison from my album 1974, and the song is Far East Man. And today we're going to talk Beatles. Oh man, and are we ever? You know, not too long ago, TJ, the NME, not the enemy, but the NME, the new musical... The public company, public NME. <laughs> Fuck the police, man. In the case of NWA versus the police department, the prosecuting attorneys are MC Red, Ice Cube, and Easy Motherfucking E. No, the NME, it stands for New Musical Express. They put out an article December 21st of last year. The author was Mark Beaumont. Anyway, the Beatles, every song ranked in order of greatness, right? 
So they took 185 self-penned tunes and ranked them from least greatest to greatest. Now, TJ, they left one out. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, there's 186, actually. Yeah, what's tricky, though, is they they split the medleys apart. So I started to lose track because there's certain songs I think of as medleys. Oh, you're talking about like the, yeah, Abbey Road and all that, right? Yeah. Yeah, they took each of the songs from Abbey Road. Uh, I'll just give it away. Uh, it was Revolution 1 from the White Album. They did yes. not rank that. But I think that's because they refer to it in the article. I thought that choice was intentional because it's the same composition played two different ways. Yeah, but then why didn't they get rid of Sgt. Pepper Reprise? They ranked Sgt. Pepper and Sgt. Pepper Reprise. That's a great point. <laughs> Cancel your subscriptions to NME. Right. It's basically like the British Rolling Stone or Spin. It was established in 1952. It was a rock inky, and it was a newspaper until 1988. And now it's a magazine. The NME created the UK singles chart, which is a list of the top 12, because 10 is metric. And uh, it's the largest British publication. How about that? Size doesn't matter. <laughs> That's what they say, TJ. It's girth, actually. Um. <laughs> Pronounced Garth. Speaking of Garth, our generation's Garth Brooks is a guest on the show. We have somebody today from 538 who is coming on to analyze this show because we are going to be discussing the list Tony and I made, hashtag the list is life, and compare that against the NME 185, not 186. From 538, we're very, very pleased to welcome Casey Baker. Casey, welcome. Thank you so much. I didn't know where you were going with the Garth thing. I thought it was going to be a Wayne's World with you as always as Garth. <laughs> what am I, some sort of chimp with you as always as Garth? Jim to your Marlon Perkins. But 538, I'll take that. High, high, high praise. It's lovely to see you. You too. That's our producer, KC. Is this, this is the first time I've like actually come on the show. Like, I don't want to give away too much to the audience, but nine times out of 10, you two record the show and I am not there. And then you send me raw audio. Raw audio. And I get to like hear it. <laughs> Radio, as we call it. And I get to hear it in real time. And then I can do whatever I want. Like if I want to say something, I just record myself and dump it into the podcast and you guys can't stop me. <laughs> it's true. Where, where's your pepper replete? Repli fuck me. Where's your pepper reprise clucking chicken right now when you want to interject? <laughs> You know, I get the control of the edit, so I'm dropping in the Nagra beeps to make fun of you not being able to get that out in one take. You should do that. You have to put the pepper chicken in there every time you say something. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is there, is there a pepper chicken sound that I need to go look no, at? No, that one. Oh, the one that I used for my producer. Yeah. Okay, that pepper yeah. chicken. Pepper chicken I it becomes a guitar note. <laughs> By the way, pepper chicken is one of the entrees you can get at Kenny Rogers Roasters. Located I thought we were doing a Kenny Rogers in, in Indonesia. <laughs> you can run, you can hide, you're never inside. You're going to plays in the dark. You speak! God. You can run, you can hide, never let it inside. You're living your life in the dark. Well, it's true. So, TJ, based on this NME list, we decided to compile our favorite Beatles songs as opposed to what we think are the greatest Beatles songs. This is a conversation we had. 
Yeah, because they're two very different lists. You can't be a serious Beatles fan and talk about the greatest Beatles songs and leave off Yesterday and Hey Jude. That doesn't mean they're in my top 10 personal favorites. Some classics, like if if you only own Beatles 1, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. Never been to Chicago and only own Beatles 1. I love the Untitled (laughs) Beatles podcast. You, out of your mind. Um... But yeah, there is uh, something to be said about how a song feels to you, and a song that on this list maybe in the mid hundred, you know, hundred forty, might be on my top twenty because they're the songs that we love, and that's what we decided to rank today. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and things like exposure played a part to it, meaning like if you hear a Beatles song on the radio. It's most likely going to be one of these greatest songs that ranks higher on the NME list. Things like you said, Day in the Life, Yesterday, those kind of songs. So if I hear Day in the Life on the radio, I'm used to that. And it's like, okay. But if something like When I Get Home comes on the radio, I'm like, whoa, I get more excited for that song. Does that mean When I Get Home is ranked higher than A Day in the Life on my list? Not necessarily. But... uh, Having heard so many songs so many times, they've gotten played out for me a little bit. Doesn't mean I don't like them anymore, but they might rank lower on this list than is on the NME list. Yeah. And that's why today with Casey Sup, we're going to kick 10 songs off Beatle Island. We got more of that coming up. <laughs> Untitled Beatles Podcast exclusive. Exclusive. Fuck you. That would be awesome. We'd eliminate Beatles songs. <laughs> like, or like we relegate them to the Bee Gees or something. Yeah, give them to the Dave Clark Five. <laughs> wow, Rocky Raccoon, I guess this is now <laughs> it's now a Buckingham song. He got it always was. <laughs> I'm glad we're recording this. I'm putting this down for a future episode. I think that would be fun. Songs that should have been done by somebody else. Yeah, Beatles Survivor. And ironically, Revolution 9 goes to the band Survivor. <laughs> Led by Chicago's own Jim Peterick. Did I guess his name right? Jim Peterick? Jim Peterick? Real American Heroes. Yeah, that's him. That was him. him. Yeah, yeah, that was him. Bought a summer home off that campaign. Bud Light presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Well, yeah, this was a hard list. I mean, I had fun doing it, but it was a very time-consuming process uh, and kind of difficult. Wouldn't you say? Great holiday activity when you're married to explain to your wife why after the kid goes to bed, you're spending two hours debating where lovely Rita goes. Exactly. I mean, fuck, I can't that put that about Penny one. Lane. The fuck am I doing? That is a hard one. For hours and hours. But, you know, as we've kind of taken on, so we've done, I never looked at Beatles work as homework before, but it's homework I love. And so we've been doing this podcast, yeah, dedicating the time to really thinking and rethinking this. Casey finally asked for our list at like four or five yesterday. I didn't want to, I wanted to sleep on it a little more and think about it. I started this about a week ago. But the beauty of this exercise is if you asked both of us, Tony, to try to recreate the same list in two weeks, it would be 40% different. And then two weeks later, it'd be 40% different. That's the beauty. This is not a good to bad list. This is songs that touch us most to songs that at this moment in time don't mean quite as much. Can change tomorrow. Yeah. And that I know I already said the exposure thing, but having just watched Get Back a few times, like there's certain songs that actually went lower 
because I used to like them a lot. And then I hear, heard them a lot on Get Back. And then there's other songs from Let It Be that went a little higher because I learned to appreciate them more. So, yeah, yeah. This list has definitely changed since I sent you that email, whatever, 11 years ago or whenever that was. Yeah, we'll have to find that. Where I think I listed my 10 favorite Beatles songs and why or something like that. And even and I think my bottom 10 I sent to you as well. We have to find all those and post them, Casey. This may be post-show talk, but like, yeah, let's. we have archives, Tony, that go predate the show by a decade. Yeah, it's true. It's true. This is interesting hearing you talk about your experience compiling the list. A couple of questions I'm curious about. What were the hardest parts? Like, were there particular songs or eras or uh, decisions that felt arbitrary or decisions that felt really clear? Like, without giving away maybe some of the rankings that we'll dig into, like, what were the hard parts for you? Well, I would say for me, like, that the Beatles catalog itself that is just so varied and diverse you know it's hard to compare those early songs with later songs that sound sonically so different and maybe more complex you know you really have to go by feel so there'd be things like from the psychedelic area like you said lovely rita i was having a hard time with lovely rita too because it was like i couldn't tell if i liked lovely rita more than i don't want to spoil the party or something you know what i mean lovely rita meet her maid nothing can come between us I think it's finding all those middle songs. There's 186 of them, you know, so there's going to be like probably 40 that, you know, like you really like and then 20 that you're not liking as much because you don't really hate Beatles songs. So then it's all that the hundred in between all that. Yeah. And my biggest issue was I, I all told gentlemen, I fucking hate the first eight records. <laughs> <laughs> so you first know, eight American like, records. It was exactly what Tony said. You feel like at once you're either betraying one of your favorites or you're betraying a song that you think should be ranked higher. Yeah. I mean, they're like, I, for whatever reason, I mean, we'll get into this, but like a lot of the white album was a problem for me because initially I had a lot of cluster of stuff from like I'm seeing because I, I put the album titles on my list to keep track of stuff. And I'm seeing a lot of white albums in, in a row. And then I kind of slept on it and some got higher, some got lower. But yeah, so that's it, it's hard because I love the whole catalog. Even if my Beatle bottom is Revolution number nine, doesn't mean I get mad when I hear it. It doesn't mean I never want to hear it again. It just means I don't want to hear it the way I do these other 180 some songs. So yeah, I you don't want to betray the the art of the band that informs and enlightens you the most. Yeah. It's a it's a thankless exercise, I think. I'll be really curious. I hope some of our listeners uh, will post your list at the end of this, make sure they're online. I'd love to see where other people For land a on fee. <laughs> Venmo us. <laughs> I don't work for free, dog. Yeah. You want to see my 152nd favorite song? <laughs> 20 bucks. <laughs> this is the least sexy strip tease. It's like, no, no, no. Paying customers only. <laughs> I'll take 19 bucks. <laughs>
One more pre-get into a question. Tony, you talked a little bit about the get back effect. I'm curious to know what what was the get back effect for you? Which were some of the songs whose stock ticked up or down based on the just like the sheer amount of time you've spent with them, getting to see, you know, the song get back materialize out of thin air? Which which songs were impacted and how? Well, for me, actually, Don't Let Me Down went down because it was in my top 10. But I feel like, man, I really got my uh, my my fair share of that song, which I loved during Get Back. But, you know, when it comes on now, it's a little different because I've heard it like seven different ways. Like it got a little bit worn out. I'm looking I'm going to just take a break from that song for a little bit and let it get fresh again. You know, <laughs> it's God like, damn it, Tony Ditto. We have I can't wait to hear you right. We have the same story about the same song. Is that right? OK. Yeah. yeah. Well, for me, for the, the same reason for me, I mean, mine actually went up and that's maybe because we didn't get to hear it as much. And I've learned to kind of appreciate that song more. Did anything go up for you from Get Back, TJ? Uh, I don't know, because I already had I mean, mine ranked pretty high. I think two of us went down. Interesting. Ah, interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. They worked the hell out of that. Yeah, and at any other point, that probably would have made my top 25. It just didn't. And the songs that replaced it, I can't certainly can't argue with. So, yeah, this this was so fun to do. So you mentioned Don't Let Me Down and how it sort of fell down for both of you. Uh, interestingly, I think the first song probably to reveal from your list, you have not seen each other's lists yet. Uh, but funny enough, Don't Let Me Down ranked 117 by our friends at NME. Uh, <laughs> like substantially higher. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, what is that? Actually higher around these parts. Uh, TJ and Tony, I will let you know, you did not rank any songs identically. So there's not a single song None? that you matched. <laughs> Dude, we did it. We did it. That was so great. You came real close. <laughs> wow. But Don't Let Me Down is one of the ones that you came closest. Uh, TJ, you had it at 14 and Tony, you had it at 13. <laughs> Just out Amazing. of the top 10. Wow. Wow. That is close. All right. So we see pretty much eye to eye on that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Don't let me down as 117. It's hard to argue because Girl is 116 and Girl is stunning and, and amazing. 115 Dig a Pony over Don't Let Me Down. I don't right. think I can go there. And I love Dig a Pony, <laughs> but everybody relax. <laughs> yeah, I got Dig a Pony at 133. That's interesting because my Dig a Pony clocks in at 62. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, that's almost like half of, of mine. Wow. I've been playing that on the organ every week at the Chicago Magic Lounge. It's so fun to play. So playing it on the organs up the ante in my mind a little bit, I think. And I was in a band when I was like 18 and we covered it. Yeah. So I've played that song. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's it, too. Like that, that song turned into work or whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, well, what the hell? It's, OK, so if. NME has Don't Let Me Down like way at the bottom. What's in their top five? We'll go five to one. We'll do the top five and then let's see where you landed against them. There's a couple discrepancies. There's a couple major discrepancies. Uh, number five on NME's list off Abbey Road is Something. Uh, How does this which... one go? <laughs> something in the way she knows What is it? Oh, TJ, uh, TJ, you tell me because you had it ranked number sixteen, highest of the the show. Tony has it at a piddling ninety nine. God damn it, Tony! Well, that's why. I, like, 
I've heard that so many times. I've heard Elvis do it. I've heard Sinatra do it. Like everyone on the planet has done that song. I don't need to hear that song anymore. It's a good song. I don't need to hear it. <laughs> I think it's the second greatest song he ever wrote, certainly with the Beatles. And I felt guilty leaving it out of my top 10 or so because it's just it's so lush. And George Martin's orchestration is so it's lush without being overwrought. Like it's the anti-long and winding road. So, yeah, I have it at 16. And I think NME, no surprises. I think, again, these are kind of like the institutional top, right? It's like the ones that you'd kind of expect an establishment magazine to put up there. And you'd expect something to be in the top All five. but one, Casey. All but one, I think. Oh, okay. It's well, an establishment pick. Okay. Uh, coming in at number four, Strawberry Fields Forever, which I think everyone here knows is Tony's number one. I number think we've established yeah. that. That's my number one. And uh, TJ, I made your top 20. You had it at 18. So I think this is a non-controversial oh, wow. pick. That's surprising because I know that you always describe that song as a nightmare. I uh, <laughs> no, I describe Magical Mystery Tour the movie as a nightmare. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I am, I am affected by the weird pitch of the song. There's a few Lennon songs that are just produced in a way that does haunt me a little bit, and this is certainly one of them. If you've ever tried to play along with Strawberry Fields Forever, you may have noticed that it's not in concert pitch. It's not in a standard key center. It's actually somewhere between A major and B flat major. But the melody, and it's so beautiful now, I prefer the B-side, which we're going to get to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a top 20 Beatles song for me. And like, again, that's not a bad thing because you look at the 19 or however many, 17 songs before it and you go, oh, okay. So yeah, made my top 20. Well, that that heartens me. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. going to place much lower for you. Oh, no. No, I, 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 I get its beauty. Its beauty just touches me in ways I don't always want to be touched. <laughs> There you go. Fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming in at number three, also not controversial, but not popular with this show. Uh, hey Jude <laughs> by Paul. Yeah. Uh, TJ, you just cracked the top 50. We came in right at number 50. <laughs> That's intentional. Tony, almost there at 174. <laughs> <laughs> just like what no, their totally. biggest selling single of all time is I'm it? not putting I'm up with this up. <laughs> 174 yeah. yeah I ranked it real low I did rank it real low it's one of those things like it's a decent it's, obviously it's a great song but I've heard it a lot and once it's it's like putting light my fire on or um, it's just long you know what I mean it's, it's so it's like when you hear hey hey it's like oh seven minutes and 40 seconds you know is, is how long this is going to be and I don't know. I don't know. It's just not my favorite. It's not my favorite. I've heard it too much. I think it's more like seven seventeen, motherfucker. I don't think it pushes eight. <laughs> Take it easy with your hey, dude. Um, it's seven minutes, 11 seconds, but who's counting? Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's one of the first Beatles songs I ever loved. I always have a sentimental. I felt guilty not putting it higher than 50, but like. It is a centerpiece Beatles song, their biggest seller. It's Mammoth. I remember, some of us are old enough to remember the controversy when the Beatles' 20 Greatest Hits single album in 1982 did a five-minute edit of this. <laughs> See, I like Never that. I would have, it would be one, <laughs> 171. Damn it. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, how, how is Hey Jude shorter than I'll Follow the Sun? <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I do love Hey Jude. I also, if there's a lot of traffic, don't need to stay for that in the Paul show. <laughs> That's not true, because I want to be there for the end. You got to be there for the encore. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Says the guy who doesn't have a bathroom song for the Paul McCartney concert. <laughs> Can't do it. No, that's why I don't drink at concerts anymore. <laughs> Smart. I do take edibles like they're Flintstones vitamins. <laughs> Flintstones, preferred by more moms than any other children's vitamin. I'm growing. Coming in at number two. A classic, an all-time classic. I think kind of shocking maybe that this didn't land in number one. A lot of the consensus number ones would be uh, a day in the life off Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, TJ, this was one of the the two songs that you aligned exactly with NME on. You ranked it two as well. Yes. You also you were on the same page with Dig It. <laughs> you had it one hundred eighty four. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then day in the life for Tony cracked your top ten. So I think this is a non. This is another non controversial pick. Wait, so is it it's number ten for Tony? Number ten, not a top five. Not a top five. No, I've heard it a lot. It's the same thing too. It's where it's five minutes long. Where like, <laughs> I only like the early Beatles and part of sixty-five. No. Three minutes or nothing. <laughs> they, they changed when the hair got long. I voted for Nixon <laughs> on purpose. No, you're right. I'm, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's. It's just there are nine other songs that I get more excited about when I hear them. You know what I mean? So I like Day of the Life. It's fair. it's my number 10. It's the song that got me into the Beatles. So that's why it stays at 10. It, it, it might have actually been further down on the list because I'm, I got burnt out on it. But uh, that's the song that got me into this group. Do you do the Dave Dexter version of Pepper where you end it with any time at all? <laughs> Out of good morning, good morning. That's my number f- four. <laughs> Is it? Hold on. No. Looking up anytime at all. My, mine's high. It's one of my favorites. Anytime at all came in. Stop. NME had it at 86. TJ has it at 26. Tony had it at 97. <laughs> Top on it. So great. Anytime at all. Last but not least, and most importantly, Enemies number one, which, oh, so this must be the kind of controversial out of left field. I think it's become more of a presence in the pop culture world since its appearance in Mad Men in what, the 2000s? Yeah. And that's Tomorrow Never Knows off Revolver. Enemies number one. Tony, you didn't align, are you aligned with Enemy on just one track and none of the top ones? This was the closest you came. You had it at number two. Yes. And then TJ, your top 50 as well, made it to 49. Yeah. 49. Wow. 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 Yeah. I, I love this song. Yeah. I think it's the reason it's number two for me is because it's still exciting. Even though this is probably one of the songs I've heard by them the most, I still get excited when I hear this song, when I watch that Mad Men and she's like, Oh, start with this song and walks out the room. I swear. I thought it was going to be like here, there and everywhere or something like that. What that it was tomorrow never knows. I was like, Oh my God, they're playing this song. And I don't know, this, it still sounds like this record was made today to me. It still sounds so fresh. I love this song. Two 
two fabs. I'm out. <laughs> uh, Is it too short for you, TJ? It's like if, it, if they'd done it seven and a half minutes, call yeah. me. I, I love Tomorrow Never Knows. It is such a satisfying end to Revolver. Certainly the American Revolver. You get almost no other John Lennon songs, which is how I grew up hearing Revolver. Um, But as a closer of an album, it's probably my third favorite closer after Abbey Road and Sgt. Pepper. But in terms of songs I want to hear all the time that connect with my heart, I mean, for as brilliant as this song is, brilliant as the lyrics and the recording are, it just stays in the key of C for the entirety of the song. A lot of my top songs that touch my heart are the ones, the Beatles ones that just burst with sunshine melodies. This is not one of those songs. Doesn't make it any less brilliant, but it's not that. All right. Two things. They go to B flat a little bit, not the bass. Oh, over the C. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The organ does a B flat or something. Yeah, but yeah. but it's, it's still riding on the C. And I would argue that Lennon's vocal line is filled with melody. That's what I still fall in love with. The da 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 He's dancing around that C. I love the melody. It is, but except for the tape loop breaks, it's the same melody the entire song. It's that one line. It's a brilliant line. I, I'm not arguing. I, I don't want to be the guy on the other side of Fine. tomorrow. Never knows. Fine, 185. <laughs> I will say, I, I think that by NME putting tomorrow never knows as their number one is making a statement. It is making it a, a younger statement that day and the life basically got or something or one of those. Songs that's on one, like Tomorrow Never Knows is not on any compilation other than File Under Rock. File Under Rock. (laughs) With the original cut of the end from Anthology 3. File Under Rock. marketing this to (laughs) oh it's got i'm down on it it must be a rock record (laughs) nme ranked i'm down way low too i noticed yeah too low so i think that's why i wanted to go with favorites like i started reading this nme list and they have it going from you know 185 to one and i was starting to get angry which is irrational but i was starting to get angry at some of their choices such as like don't let me down being down at whatever hundred and something And uh, that's what made me just kind of like shut it off and like, okay, I'm just going to make my list from memory and then fill it in when I get stumped. Like what's, you know, I think I I had like 70 songs. I'm like, okay, what are the other ones again? (laughs) There are a few where I had to go to the records yeah (laughs) because I'm like, what am I missing? Oh God, fixing a hole. (laughs) You might be curious to know, um, I have the the top songs where you both collectively departed farthest from NME. Let's hear that. Um, yeah, the, hear the Tony Angry list. We already talked about Hey Jude, which is one of them. Um, NME had it at three. TJ fifty and Tony one seventy four. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, the most discrepancy is you know my name. NME had it one hundred eighty three. Ridiculous. Five. Someone who hates comedy. Whoever made this list. Yeah. Yeah, the enemy list had little little uh, blurbs for each song, and they just think, what did they say about it? Real quick here, uh, the Beatles spend an inordinate, the Beatles spend an inordinate. Oh my God, the Beatles spend an inordinate amount of studio time trying to perfect this frankly silly combo of blues, rock, lounge, samba, music hall clowning, and a bit sung by Crazy Frogs Jazz Granddad. Don't do drugs, kids. 
You hear that in a British accent. <laughs> that writer. You know my name. I'm the number. You know my name. That one should have been ranked higher on my list. Where the hell did I have that? TJ, you had it at 76 and Tony had it at 35. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I got it way up, man. I respect that. <laughs> I got it way up. I have to say, that's top of my list of songs that I've learned about listening to this podcast. Like, I didn't really know that song. Was that on an album? It wasn't on an album. No, it was the B-side to Let It Be, and Let then it, it was be. on... I first heard it on Past Masters, which was one of the first records I bought. And yeah, the reason I think it ranks so high on my list is because I'm not burnt out on it yet. I mean, maybe that's what this whole list is. Like, <laughs> other than Strawberry Fields, Tomorrow Never Knows, maybe my top 10. The rest of them is just like, oh, I'm not, they're still exciting to me. Like, what, what do I want to hear right now? Like, I do want to hear, you know my name, look up my number over, let it be, over the A, <laughs> over the A side. You prefer the B to the A. Funny you should mention let it be. Uh, that's one where NME has it at 22. TJ has it at nine. Tony, you had that one at 177. <laughs> yeah, 177. It's right you, above Revolution hey, 9. Paul McCartney. <laughs> that is your largest discrepancy. So I also have your top five discrepancies, which is like the start a fight list for me. And this is the biggest <laughs> fight to start. <laughs> well, we've been over this a hundred times. And as you all know, don't blame me. Blame the Catholic Church. Okay. <laughs> In fairness, I've got a caveat in my notes for where it ranks at number nine for me. And that caveat is the album version. That's important. Yes, the solo is better. I want to hear that George solo so bad. And I, I the Phil Spector horns and the way Giles and Sam O'Kell remixed it for the box. The horns are at the perfect level and he plays with the dynamics. Phil Spector had a flat, the same level, the whole song. That's my favorite version of it. Yeah, I know I'm I'm not going to defend my 177th ranking. I understand why people like that song. I get it. But these are my favorites and that's where that's where it lands. And this is my wife's favorite, so I gave it extra extra juice. <laughs> oh wow. How much did you consider external factors like family favorites in your uh, ranking? I would say a little bit. Here's something that'll surprise you. You want to know my wife's favorite Beatles song, TJ? She's leaving home. <laughs> oh boy, get, get ready for my list. <laughs> we never thought of ourselves. Never a thought for ourselves. We struggled hard all our lives to get cheese. Yeah, so I have it. I don't have it ranked as low, and I actually do like that song. I've always liked that song. I'm trying to see where I have it ranked. She's leaving home. NME has it 35. Come on, Tony at 78. TJ at 181. <laughs> 181. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned it on our Beatle Bottoms list, so it's yeah. My bottom stayed the same.
since I've come on to produce over the past year, like one of the episodes I've wanted to push you guys to do is kind of, it's the no brainer episode is like, what are your favorite Beatles songs? Which each of you, I think has expressed to a certain degree is a kind of impossible task. But the silver lining of this much more impossible task of ranking all of the songs is that we have pigeonholed you and we now have top five. So I want to kick it to you. <laughs> what are your top five Beatles songs? Well, my number five is from the White Album, your favorite album, TJ. And it closes uh, album one, Julia. Yeah. I love that song. As you know, I'm a sucker for the Travis style picking that they developed uh, while in India with Donovan. It's a beautiful song. It's about his mother. It's a time that John is showing his, his heart, his true heart. And also at the same time, his love for his, his lady as well, Yoko. So... I think it's just, I don't know. I love this song. I just love it. I'll always love it. I'll never tire of this one. Calls me So I sing a song of love for Julia 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 Would you like to reveal where I have that rank, Casey? <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's got that at five. Uh, NME had it at 61, and TJ was a little mm. more generous. Cracked the top 50 at 46. Hey, not bad. I love Julia. Good. I love a lot of sides one and two of the White Album. Would you please give me your number four? And there's a reason I'm going to have you do that before I give my next pick. Oh, okay. Well, my number four is also off the White Album. This is off the second LP, Helter Skelter which is uh, my highest-ranked Paul song. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this one, <laughs> this one was on the largest discrepancy list as well. This is on my fight list for later. <laughs> you guys are spoiling them. NME had Helter Skelter at 26. Thank you. TJ had it right in at a cool 163. <laughs> 163? <laughs> Well, you don't like guitars or something? I, <laughs> I, Helter Skelter is one of those White Album songs that I really I really like as part of the album and don't really like as much individually. Oh, that's wild. Um, yeah. And I shouldn't say I don't like individually. I'm. This is another one that Paul has played live for about the last 10 or 12 years. That is like one of the, along with Temporary Secretary, yeah. among the most wasted block. Number two. Number two on my Paul list. <laughs> Can you find for me someone strong and sweet fitting on my knee? Yeah, Helter Skelter is low. Part and parcel of the White Album, sure. And that's changed. There have been times I've been in love with Helter Skelter, but at this point in my life, 40-70-year-old uh, me, it doesn't you know need to hear that all the time unless I'm putting the White Album on. All right. That's fair. That's fair. TJ doesn't like the, the loud stuff. He likes the quiet, the safe stuff. Before they changed, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Well, with regards to Helter Skelter, then, does that mean you prefer the mono version where it just fades out once and doesn't come back for Ringo's, I've got blisters on my fingers. No, Helter Skelter is one I prefer in stereo, and there's okay. a few tracks I prefer in mono. Don't pass me by is one of them. We'll, we'll get to this <laughs> a little later. Um, great. So I'm going to give you my five, four, and three. Okay. Um, because there are 
some Abbey Road songs I can separate as individual songs. I refuse to separate the non-Her Majesty finale of Side 2 of Abbey Road. I have at 5 the end, at 4 Carry That Weight, and at 3 Golden Slumbers, because the end of Abbey Road, of which all three of those songs play the most prominent part, is other than my number two song about the most emotional I get while listening to a Beatles record. Knowing their story and their career, to hear those the chord and the melody at the very end of the end is something that will always move me emotionally. And I can't think of those three. I can separate Polythene Pam from Mean Mr. Mustard. I can't separate Golden Slumber's Carry That Weight in the End. So that's my five to three. Wow, man. Well, that makes sense. For context, uh, Golden Slumber's TJ has it three. NME has it at 15. And Tony has it at 119. <laughs> Wait, am I doing these in the right order? Should I the end? Then Golden Slumber? We don't know anymore. <laughs> the end, carry that weight. Okay, yeah. whatever. I tell you what, too polished. They sound too polished. <laughs> <laughs> Never dug it. Never liked that syrupy schmaltz. <laughs> The, the, the three guitar solos bored me. The guitar trio. It's too, too long for Tony. It's uh, <laughs> carry that weight. TJ had at four. NME had at 93. Tony had at a respectable 68. And then the end, which TJ had at number five. NME puts at 101. And Tony agrees. He has it at 127. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. Ringo didn't like drum solos. I don't want Ringo to be unhappy. Wow. I will say the Abbey Road production is it's it's very clean. It's a very clean, like I, I think I like the way the other records sound. It's it's a great sound. It's the clearest they've ever sounded. It's the last thing they recorded, so it's the most modern sounding. It's got a Moog synthesizer in there. But I think I like the production of of uh, I don't know. I, I like rougher production, I think. Okay, pick one. The Beatles story or Abbey Road. <laughs> Wherever the Beatles are, Liverpool is with them in spirit. And it works the other way around, too. This is the biography of Beatlemania. Oh, you're thinking about it. <laughs> I'm thinking of linking. I'm thinking of linking those two. That's what I Dave Dexter Jr. would have done. <laughs> I, I understand that it is the polish of Abbey Road that I love so much because it doesn't sound like any other, like every Beatles record, it doesn't sound like any other Beatles record. And yes. the sound set the framework for how every classic rock album in the 70s would be recorded and sound. It is not just of its time. It's ahead of its time. Maybe if you'd thought of the songs as a whole the way I did, because I don't know that just uh, the end is a top five Beatles song for me. 
It is not. But the medley is, and the end is a major part of it, and I've always thought of those as distinct pieces. So that's why I've got that at three, four, and five, what what that album still does for me. And then Her Majesty just cleans it up in such an incredible way. Did not make my top five. I have not gone crazy. So <laughs> Number two, TJ has Her Majesty. <laughs> He's only heard the one album, folks. <laughs> it's, I didn't like the first eight to ten records. I want to tell her that I love her a lot, but I gotta get a belly full of wine. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl. Someday I'm gonna make a mine. Oh, yeah. Someday I'm gonna make a mine. My number three is also off the White Album. <laughs> See, I've got three White Albums in my my uh, five to three. Uh, Happiness is a Warm Gun. I love this song. I just love it. It's like six songs in one, and it's like whatever it is, two minutes and 12 seconds or whatever it is. Like, I love this song. Happiness is a warm, yes it is. This this wasn't quite on my fight list, but uh, TJ doesn't entirely agree. NME had it at 44, TJ at 127. So bottom, bottom wow. third. 127, why? Here's the reason. I don't want to, I don't want to bring us down. You get me running, going oh. out of my mind. I know what you're going to get at. Yeah, yeah. The subject matter of hearing John Lennon sing about, and I'm aware of the euphemism of the song, I'm, I know what the song is, but hearing him sing about a gun has been unnerving to me for as long as I can remember. It just, I, it's difficult for me to separate the way he left this earth from what he's singing. And I, I love the myriad structure. It's almost like an early band on the right. You know, he's just kind of going song to song. It's its own medley it. in, yes. in one song. It's the Beatles. It's the Abbey Road medley, but but quicker and dirtier. Quicker and dirtier. <laughs> Tony Mendoza's solo Beatles podcast. <laughs> yeah, just me, me and a pack of Paul Malls <laughs> yammering about the Beatles. Tug of wars for pussies. I'm sometime in New York City and that's it. I'll fight you, flowers in the fucking dirt. Yeah. I'm going to get Parsons chicken if you want to fight later. <laughs> but our official sponsor, of course, is Kenny Rogers Roasters. Crispy bacon wrapped around a well-seasoned juicy roast chicken. Wow. Bacon. Ooh, roast chicken. Awesome together. Kenny Rogers Roasters new and awesome bacon roast. This is saucy. And I'm ballsy. For delivery, call 555-9000 or log on to kennys.com.ph now. No, I totally respect that. I to yeah, see, that's what's wonderful about these songs or whatever they are, but they, they mean different things to different people. And I totally respect that. I think I have chosen not to hear, associate those things whatsoever when I hear that song. I choose to go into the doo-wop. I just listen to the doo-wop at the end, you know? I'm not listening to the lyrics. Yeah, I, I get that. Well, my number two is NME's number one, Tomorrow Never Knows. I think I expressed why I already why I love that song so much. All right. And you you've given your number one. You know, my number one, the song that I think is the most energetic of all the early songs and I'm, uh, with the most unexpected chord change at the end. And that's Please Please Me.
and I love it in stereo and I love it in mono and they're both different experiences with the Paul vocal flub in stereo. Why do I never even try, girl? Yeah. It's my certainly my favorite early song, and I think I, I approach this list of what Beatles song has always brought me the most joy? That feeling of like you're driving when you're 15 or 16 years old and blasting a song on the radio, that kind of feeling. And that's always in my heart, please, please me. I fucking love this song. Yeah, definitely a good song. Yeah, where do I have that? Oh, I see it. 161. No, <laughs> no, it's my Walter Payton. Oh, well, I mean, it's almost better there. It honors sweetness. Yeah. NME has it at 136, but Tony gave it 34. Yeah. I do want to say this was my biggest uh, atrocity. And the ranking of this song affected how I rank from me to you, which this writer seems to think is uh, fucking Lady Madonna. I mean... Uh, so yeah, this I'm so mad. I've been mad at for me to you ever since Beatles one came out. Like, what are you? What the hell are you doing? Let's be honest, man. For me to you is your 185. Well, your 186. <laughs> <laughs> Only out of spite, though. Um, Let's see, but yeah, yeah I, I think this thing was at 55 is insane for. One of their namesake songs, their first album named after the song. It was a massive hit. Again, it was issued after they'd already made it big in the States, but it was originally pressed on VJ. It was one of those yeah. VJ Swan Tolly songs that nobody paid attention to. But I think it's their greatest song. And then, did you? what's your number two? I, did we skip over that? Majesty's pretty nice girl. Day in the Life. Ah, that's right. Was mentioned. Right. Okay. Even though they'd stopped eyeball to eyeball writing, it's uh, as great of a Lennon McCartney song as has ever existed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, KC, did you have some other discrepancies or anything else that you noticed in comparing TJ's list with my list? I got a couple more from my fight list. Let's see how they go. Uh, I'm looking at the classic song, I Want You, She's So Heavy. Tony's number six, just, just outside the top five. I love that. NME has it at 104. TJ, 151. <laughs> 151? That's my bus from the Lakeview neighborhood to Michigan <laughs> Avenue, my friend. If you can't get a 146, you enjoy the view of the park. On the CTA, people moving people. It's not my favorite moment on Abbey Road. Uh, you know, it, it's. I think it goes on a little long, and it's like... I, I dig the groove. I dig the playing. It's just not a favorite. Doesn't, doesn't, come on, come on, come on, come on now, touch me. <laughs> Can't you see that I am not afraid? Yeah, and what's hilarious, yeah, this is the song I have ranked highest from Abbey Road. So, you know, I, here's what I love about the song. I love how long it is. It, it, it's like putting light my fire on, or um, it's just long. It's just long. It's just long. I love how long it is, and I love the production on it. So... You can put that in your pipe and smoke it. I will. <laughs> but it's funny. So your highest ranked Abbey Road song is I Want You, She's So Heavy, that Inside One, my favorite three or medley is Inside Two. You're yeah. a side one guy, I'm a side two guy. Where's your Maxwell Silver Hammers, son? Oh, that's a good question. Where's your Mal Evans? 173. <laughs> Mine is 178. Oh, we're pretty uh, spot on. You ranked it higher than me. And uh, NME came in at 149 on that one. So more generous than either of you. Big, yeah, big Mal were. Evans fans over there. 
<laughs> Mallet Evans. Ah. <laughs> now, where do you got across the universe, TJ? That's what I want to know. Uh, this might be a fight song, Casey. And there's a reason. I've got three in a row for a reason. It's not in like the top 10 that you're off on. This is your 17th highest discrepancy. <laughs> and across the universe, Enemy has it 18. Tony has it at eight. It's in his top 10. Yeah. DJ down at 129. 129? <laughs> you're doing the birds version. That's why. <laughs> not the band. You know what I mean? The, wor the, the, the World Wrestling Federation version. Yeah, it's just one I've never loved how it was recorded. Either mm. version. I prefer Let It Be to uh, the uh, World Wildlife uh, uh, Wrestling Federation. But <laughs> of any of them, I prefer the take on Let It Be Naked. But if we're talking yeah. about the release versions, I get it's a beautiful song. My crisis here, I lumped together low in the list songs that are considered classics that at one point I've loved or should love more. I'm going to rattle really quick. 128, All You Need Is Love. Mm -hmm. 129, Across the Universe. 130, Long and Winding Road. 131, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh. So ones that I know are kind of, and that's just because I'm pissed at Clapton. That, for <laughs> most of my life, would have been a top 20 song, but I'm tired of him fetching about the wrong things and endangering motherfuckers while doing it yeah that makes okay see i love all the different factors like that is wild that 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 yeah that that song takes a hit because of uh yeah clapton's politics but i get it also uh tony and casey with the anthology three kind of acoustic version being in the kind of public eye since what 96 I feel like the acoustic versions replaced it for me. The, mm. the produced with the Clapton solo. That acoustic version's been canon now since anthology. I look at you all, see the love that's sleeping, while my guitar gently weeps. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and that's the great thing, too, about that is that there are all these different versions, you know, like Across the Universe or Get Back, even with the single version, Let It Be, with the two different guitar solos, etc. Um, yeah, and it is funny. Yeah, they left off Revolution 1. Which I have ranked as 176, but I much prefer the electric version. I got one more nugget to drop on you guys. Yeah. So the other fun part about this is now that we have your uh, entire rankings, we can sort of fuse them together. Now we have a sort of undisputed, untitled Beatles podcast top five when you sort of average out the rankings. Whoa. Yeah, right? <laughs> so not a ton of surprises here necessarily. So number one, A Day in the Life. Uh, number two, Strawberry Fields Forever. Wow. Three, four, and five, a little more interesting. Number three, And Your Bird Can Sing. <laughs> Where's that for Tony? 19. Mine's six. Oh, wow. God, I love that song. My favorite of Revolver. Number four, Don't Let Me Down, 
Wow. NME has that at 117, but cracked your guys' collective top five. And then number five is I'm Only Sleeping. Yeah, man. Oh, wow. See, I like that list. That's really fun. I like that. It's a good mixtape. Tony, where's Dear Prudence for you? You know what, man? Dear Prudence is actually under Mother Nature's son. I actually had I had to have a little conversation with myself about that because I've always seen those songs as siblings. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Dear Prudence is John's Mother Nature's son and Mother Nature's son is Paul's Dear Prudence. They both are what? The second song on those both those discs, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I have Dear Prudence at 55. Whoa. And Mother Nature's son at 48. I have Dear Prudence at 13. It's Whoa. my first song from the White Album. Is that right? It's my favorite song from the White Album. Oh, I should mention, because I said earlier, I've got Strawberry Fields at 18. I've got Penny Lane at 7. Oh. Where's your Penny Lane? You love Penny Lane, right? I like it, but there's a lot of other songs I like better. I have Penny Lane at 37. That's respectable. Yeah. It's just, uh, I guess I like I'm a Loser one, one song more than Penny Lane. And No Reply, one song less than Penny Lane. <laughs> What's your highest early song, like pre-help? Seven, uh, if I fell. Okay. How about you? Well, you got please please me. Yeah. <laughs> <My> number one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, you've got an early, like a very early song as uh, as your number one. Yeah, like a one of the first. That's pretty wild. And then next would be number nine with "She Loves You." She loves you, collecting at nine. Uh huh. Whoa. I love that. I still love that song. It's sad, like like the way he does it in "All You Need Is Love." She loves you. Yeah. 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 It's almost like when you sing Vacation by the Go-Go's. It's just like, vacation's all I ever wanted. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love the sad Go-Go's. I mean, yeah, I've got uh, my next high early one clocks in at number 15, and that's It Won't Be Long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a hard time with It Won't Be Long. It should have been. It probably should have been higher. Now that I think about it, but that's one that I think I peaked on like 12 years ago or 15 years ago. You know what I mean? When I was like, oh, it won't be long. Should have been the fourth single or whatever, you know, and I rode that a lot. And now it's like, OK, I'm slightly burnt on it. It's almost like hold me tight is more exciting <laughs> than it won't be long somehow. <laughs> uh, to me, hold me tight, lost points for the whining at the end. That and misery lose points for the whining. <laughs> But I like the I like the I like the the whining as you call it. <laughs> they talk about the Frankie Valley stuff. The yeah 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 yeah. You the end to hold me tight. Oh yeah yeah. 
It's I don't know. It's just, it's fun. It's fun making these lists, and I like doing the favorites because it wasn't. We're not burdened to like speak for everybody. We're just speaking for ourselves. Uh, where do you have the pepper reprise versus the pepper opening? How did you rank those? I put them right next to each other, and I put the reprise uh, above it because uh, it was shorter. I, I actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the Sgt. Pepper song itself. I'm, uh, I have, I have a uh, Sgt. Pepper uh, at 146 and the reprise at 145. I have the reprise at 61 and the original song at 73. Okay. You like the reprise too. Yeah. I like the reprise. The energy of Paul's count off feels more of a rock tune. I love the guitars are dirtier. Yeah. It doesn't feel as studied. That's my problem. Magical mystery tour as a kid. I love magical mystery tour, but Magical Mystery Tour to me feels like a song that just it struggles to get the energy going. It's got the big trumpet fanfare and the big opening. But it never, Mr. never takes off. Yeah. I have it at 109. So I guess I like it more than the Sgt. Pepper title tracks. But, um, and I, I think I ranked it that way because it's got the spooky ending, you know, that gets, that gets dreamy at the end with those kind of keyboard sounds. I got to bring in a Paul Live reference here. One of the worst replicated Paul Live moments is the 93 tour when they ended Magical Mystery Tour with Wicks noodling on the keyboard and it doesn't <laughs> sound like anything and they mix the audience up as it's fading out to overcompensate for the lack of any energy or it's just like stray notes in two, three different keys. It's like, did Paul leave the stage? Why are you playing that? Yeah. <laughs> You got anything else, Casey? I think that covers it. I think those are all the nuggets. We'll post this list on uh, the website and on social so people can chime in and see see all of them from 1 to 185 or maybe 186 in Tony's case. Yeah. Uh, compare against your own list. We want to hear what we got wrong, what we got right. We want your list. So come shout us out on Facebook. Yeah. Also, while we're on housekeeping topics, you know, maybe... Subscribe to the show. Maybe write us a review on Apple. We could really use that. And that helps people find us. We haven't had any reviews since like uh, November. What do we have to do? <laughs> uh, we're going to come fly, Mitchell, directly. <laughs> that's ill-advised given the current state of the pandemic. But TJ, that's what you want to do. <laughs> you believe that, Lib? Sorry, cues on the line. <laughs> Yeah, and while you're giving us a review, uh, make sure and, and and check flight schedules to the Far East and get some Kenny Rogers Roasters, our new sponsor for 2022. Delicious chicken, low salt content, and very delicious. 
brought to you by the Untitled Beatles podcast and Kenny Rogers Roasters. KR loves KR. Kimchi's at Kenny. Gochujang tasty. Roast chicken juicy. Kimchi's. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. Kimchi's at Kenny. Killer for kimchi. Cheese sauce so creamy. Kimchi's. Kimchi's at Kenny. Pour over yummy. Side dish. Kalicious. Taste can love in every bite. KR loves KR. Just for any advertisers out there, we do ads here. So you just reach out to us. <laughs> this, this could be you. Pluck it! <laughs>